When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Dave Prentice, Gav Buckland and Sam Carroll as we chew the fats over all the major talking points at Goodison Park and today reflecting on that wretched performance at Stamford Bridge. Blue's going down 4-0 for the worst performance by some distance of the Carlo Ancelotti era and the manager quite strongly afterwards questioning the commitment of the players, um, which we will talk about. Let's get right into it. No messing about, Preno. Um, I'll ask you the same (laughs) question I asked Carlo at the press conference. What went wrong? (laughs) Ever since kicked off, uh, I was just talking to Gav on the way in and that is the worst ever since performance I have seen since a horrible night, a Wednesday night at Coventry City in 1997, when ever since performance was so bad that Howard Kendall sent the, uh, the players back out again uh, to do laps of the pitch because they hadn't put the requisite amount of uh, work rate in, according to him. The players disagreed, they mutinied with him, and it was an absolutely very, very unseemly debacle. Three days later, Everson played a derby match. What happened? <laughs> Everson won 2-0. It was so unexpected. Uh, somebody actually played the, uh, the theme tune to tell from the unexpected over the Taloy at Goodison after the final whistle. I, I suspect who that was, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen this time round because that 1997 vintage Liverpool team was significantly inferior to the current one. Yeah. But what was in parallel was the performance and, yeah, the, the work rate. You can understand why Carlo Ancelotti was uh, so desperately disappointed I mean, Gibral Sadibi had one of those absolute nightmare games where he couldn't put a foot right. You know, every single pass was either into touch or to an opposition player. I think he made one um, decent challenge all game that prevented Chelsea scoring, but that was it. That can happen sometimes, but not to show the requisite level of work rate. I saw a great stat uh, when Emerson beat Chelsea under Duncan Ferguson's tenure. I think that midfield... You know, quartet, if you like, uh, won, I think it was 31 tackles in the game. They won, I think it was 15 at the weekend, half the number. And uh, they were just going through the motions, a lot of them. There was no intensity, there was no pressing. And I think Carlo Ancelotti will have learned an awful lot about uh, the players at his disposal. I'm not going to highlight individuals because every single player, the goalkeeper accepted, had an awful game. Uh, but there were players out there that weren't putting in the requisite levels of intensity, and that's going to concern Carlo Ancelotti. Actually, it won't concern him. He'll have marked his card. He'll have said, right, well, you know, so you're not going to be part of my future if you can't turn it on on an important game at Stamford Bridge, which was uh, pivotal to our European ambitions. I mean, we're not qualifying for the Champions League now. Very, very unlikely to qualify for the Europa League uh, as a result of that, I think. Gav, uh, Carlo, among many things he said afterwards, was that for him, and I quote, the game was signed after the first minute, i.e., the die was set. He knew the way the wind was was blowing at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Um, did, did you, you know, on reflection or maybe in real time, did you, did you 
Were you um, equally perturbed after 60 seconds? I was equally, yeah, a couple of minutes. Um, I actually started the uh, watching it later because I was staying overnight. So on a Saturday and I met somebody before I started watching it who's well known to this podcast, shall we say, and I said, oh, don't tell me the score. I've... Uh, Gonna gonna watch the game and he gave me what was like a knowing look of thinking that's his back says, Don't bother watching it, you know. <laughs> and as soon as yeah, I get that. It's funny, isn't it? You do get games like sometimes you do get games, don't you? But after a minute or two, you think, Oh, not on it today. And and I, after about five minutes, I just thought that it's not happening. Uh whether it happens with the warm players warm up to you know, it's just yeah. Do you think I think I think also the setup of the team which people have spoken about as Go well. On, well, I don't Did you've got a four, haven't you, in midfield? I mean, I don't know how many times we changed midfield four under Carlo. You know, we've got you know, we've had Gomez has come back into the team, Sigerson's played left, maybe played right. We had Bernard's definitely played on both sides, Iwobi's played, Walcott's played. So I don't know how many like how many times you played in with the four four two with the mid midfield four, it stayed the same. So I think that that regardless of whether four four two works or not, that's one of the problems for me is that the constant shifting of that four. He's got to look at them now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got to, to look yeah. at them, but yeah. we can't have it both ways as supporters. Yeah. Can we? we can't say, oh, we had to swap it around so we can have a look at players, and then oh, hang on a minute, nobody knows what they're doing actually because yeah. they're not as well drilled enough. So we can't we can't have it both ways, or maybe we can. Uh, so I think that was that was the issue. Uh, I don't think. Um, the more I look at it, whether Keane suits it to four four two, because four 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 two, you've got to you you remember this plan when Howard played four four two like they all did. You have like you have to keep very tight three lines, don't you? You don't you don't allow space between the the the, the midfield and defence, especially. So Howard seems used to push up right to the halfway line, and that's what you're supposed to do. But with Keane, I don't think that's his game, is it? Keane is a deep line. Yeah. Deep lying centre half is more comfortable defending at the end of his own box, and I think part of the problem is for me, if four four two of King played, his natural tendency is to drop a little bit deeper as a centre half, and that creates that gap between midfield and defence, which Chelsea, you know, uh, used on on Sunday, and I think that that that, that setup, you know, um, I think led to it, but it's just even at half time you're thinking, okay, at least we. 2-0, we can get get a goal early on the second half and we come back for 15 minutes, probably even worse than what we were in the first half. Uh, and normally Carlo's been quite good at half time. You know, a lot of performances like Man United, we've been we've been better than what we were, you know, before the uh, before the break, but that just wasn't happening. And yeah, uh, I'm not sure going pick on Plano's points and some did he learn did Carlo learn any more than he didn't know about the players already on Sunday? Mm. Oh, that would be I think you learned question. more about their character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly. And that's an important part of a footballer's makeup nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, a number of those players, I think, you know, may not be, you know, seeing long-term members and futures yeah. as a result of that one performance. It's professional football. It's top-level professional football. You've got to produce it every minute of every game. And if you have little, you know, sort of days off, you yeah. don't deserve to be at a football club. But, it's got big ambitions. Yeah. Oh, does he see, does, has he seen that round the, the club over three months? On off the pitch, you know, that actually, somehow I know the players are not going to turn up for me mm. on occasions. Just interesting. So, Sam, I will come to you in a section. I want to pick up Gavin on the thing you mentioned about Keane. It was interesting that when Sam Allardyce took charge, Keane was in a period of difficulty, confidence was not as high as he would like. 
and and Sam Allardyce quite clearly said to him, and he, and, he, and he relayed this to us, was that he told him to, to simplify his game. And so if he's going to receive the ball, drop back, give himself five extra yards, don't put himself under pressure. Yeah. Is he still playing like that? I, I suspect And more, so is he still got well, his confidence I, still the issue? I think, I, I suspect, and this goes back to Carlo's point after the game as well, he may be playing that, but he's not been told to play like that. And that might be one of the issues. You know, that's just, people have natural styles. Reverting to type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're under the caution, you're struggling a little bit for form. And I, and I just think Keane, I don't think helps in a 4-4-2 because he, he, he will play deeper. And you want your defence to push up and pressurise the opposition. And I think that contributes, I think, on uh, on Sunday. He's a better penalty box defender, isn't he? Um, Sam, Sam w- w- was was keen in the rest of the back four and the goalkeeper not helped by uh, a midfield that were unable to track, stop, put pressure on Chelsea's midfield? I think Carlo's taken a, a few risks, hasn't he, since he's been appointed. And remember that Newcastle game when he when he made five changes and I think people were quite surprised by midfield that day and, you know, and not that many people expected to kind of see maybe Tom Davis starting in, in that game, but whether his hand was forced or not, I think we just kind of struggled to get going, didn't we? And, you know, Sigurdsson, you know, was left midfield by name, but, you know, kind of him and Bernard were playing very kind of inverted and and there was the Bernard injury as well, but, there was just nothing in that midfield. What was the Gav said that I generally every person I've spoke to at the game has said that after three, four, five minutes they were kind of saying we're going to get battered here because you know it was it was the basics we weren't doing right. The midfield looked like they couldn't pass the ball a, a couple of yards, and you know I think the thing with you know you can forgive Gomez maybe because of the injury, but I think the thing with that midfield at the moment is that there's there's no kind of you know the the midfield the engine room is where you want someone to to maybe lead or inspire or, or take the game game by a scruff of its neck. I think Michael Ball in his column this week has kind of said that for him as a young player, Evan it was Gary Speed. He said that when he was a young player, games were starting to pass him by, and then you'd see Gary Speed run that extra five yards or put put in that tackle. And over the years, we've had players like that, Tim Cahill and. And Mikel Arteta, even I think, players who just knew when a game needed needed something, maybe trying a, a risky pass or, or putting a putting a boot in somewhere. And this midfield just doesn't have it. And I think that's what's the most disappointing thing. It's it's not that they don't have quality because we've seen Sigurdsson do amazing things and score great goals. We've seen what Gomez can do. We've seen what Tom Davis can do. Bernard, Theo Walcott, but they just don't have have the character to seemingly want to do it on a consistent basis. And when you go to Stamford Bridge and you've got to show a bit of bottle and you know that there's going to be times in the game when you don't have the ball and it's back to the wall, there was there was too many who just seemed like they would have rather just been on the on the train back home. Yeah, the, the balance was very, very wrong, I think, and it has been for a little while. I mean, they had a, a gang of kids in midfield. I mean, Ross Barkley was the senior member of yeah. that midfield trio and they're allowed to dictate the game. Uh, very, very similar to how they were allowed to dictate it at Anfield in the FA Cup tie. And, you know, it's happened a couple of times this season now whereby you want to see a bit of snap, a bit of drive. You know, what was the phrase Joe Royal used to tell his dogs of war? Uh, go out there and discourage them. And uh, it wasn't, you know, basically saying kick yeah. them. But, you know, it was like be aggressive, be in their face. You know, don't let them settle on the ball. Emerson allowed them to do that as he did at Anfield in that FA Cup tie. And so for me, the balance is wrong. It's got, you know, we need new individuals in that midfield uh, in the summer. Is, is there a case, and just just sort of thinking out loud, you know, 
when the going was very quickly getting tough on Sunday, and, and as I said, the direction of the game was was set early on. Do you think that having that confidence and that um, sort of drive to, to be the one that, like Sam says with the Gary Speed, to, uh. to, to take the the risk and go and press, go and try and close down, try and put pressure? Do you think maybe because some as another manager come in, there's going to be change in the summer? Do you think after a certain point in the game? Maybe some players just, well, I'm looking after myself here. This could get really nasty, this scoreline. If I'm the one, I'm not going to be the one that's going to go and chase 15 yards, try and put pressure on Billy Gilmore. If he's just going to knock it round the side of me and then there's going to be loads of space in behind and we concede a fifth and I'm going to get pelters. Do you think, I'm, just, I'm suggesting, I'm just thinking out loud, is, is there a, are we at that point again and we seem to be in this, cyclical fashion of getting to a season when certain games come along and maybe players are thinking, I just need to keep my head down because I could I could be the scapegoat here. Well, now by keeping your, your head down, you're making yourself a scapegoat. You know, you've got to show the strength of character and personality to rise above that. I mean, Carlo Ancelotti is a massively experienced manager and he knows what he's seeing. And if a player is... Like, as you say, protecting himself, he will spot that. You know, he will want to see players who are making that uh, that extra run, you know, doing the, the Peter Reid run, trying to, you know, sort of nick the ball, trying to press high up the pitch. Um, he'll appreciate that. And so they won't be doing themselves any favours. If anything, they'll be uh, signing their own death sentence, I think. You know, they'll be moved on from the football club very quickly because he's an intelligent enough manager to be able to spot people behaving like that. So an awful lot of players in that team at the weekend did, I think, mark uh, the manager's cards. And, and equally then on, on on maybe trying to leadership from a vocal point of view and maybe maybe try to rattle a few cages in that moment, like sort of like a Delph would do. And I'm not saying yeah. Delph would have been the answer on Sunday necessarily, but he would have had the strength of character to have pointed the finger and tried to get people going. Again, do you think do you think maybe maybe some players, and I'm talking generally throughout the team, were thinking you know, I don't want to be the one pointing fingers because I know I've been as bad as, as yeah. the guy next to me. And Yeah, well, th- this goes back to a part about a month ago when we were talking about who could be the skipper. Mm. I think you made the point about it was difficult, to find, difficult yeah. to find one. Yeah. And I think that was a really good point that was made. And that, that, that issue will manifest itself on various occasions and it certainly manifested itself on, on, uh, on Sunday. I think... Going back to your question, though, Phil, I think some of this is, and again, we've done this, is motivation, isn't it? If you've got players on their last big contract, and it's not, you know, doesn't really make a lot of difference to them, you know, just generally speaking, football terms. It's not gone unnoticed by several people that Calvert-Lewin's and uh, Mason Hargate's worst performance for some time came in immediately after they've signed big contracts at the club. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be on a downturn, you know, form completely, but, you know, sometimes that can get into your head, it's, you know, that all that goodwill and all that can sometimes affect you psychologically. Um, so I think that there's a num- number of reasons, um, but the, the midfielders, we're going back, what are we missing? Three central midfielders. I mean, did Snyder play at Goodison? I think he did. No, it, you mean against, good, against Chelsea? Uh, I think he did. did didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it will be played. Walcott played and I think Sigerson played. So we had no defensive midfielder on Sunday. We had nobody who could sense danger when the opposition got the ball and that was that's crucial. I mean, Tom Tom and Andre went both fit and fire and on and that's a midfield partnership in a 4-4-2. And with Andre 
getting his way back into form yeah. and Tom being in and out the team, that was just a recipe of disaster. Especially as if you're playing, if you're 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 playing four four two and you've got two in the middle, now you've got three. What should happen is one of your wide men should come across to cover, yeah, or this one needs centre forward should pull back, you know, and 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 cover. And that second goal is where Gilmore picked, and it was a good turn by him, like. But you see where Gilmore picks the ball up. He's got Snyder, uh, sorry, Sigerson on one side of the pit, five yards away from him, and Richarlison five yards away from him. Neither of them, and both of them had plenty of time. Could have got him, you know, blocked them off. Mm. Just that, you know, and that's what that's what you have to do in four four two when you're playing four three three, and consequently, the, 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 it was gone then, wasn't it? They just played around the middle two, and I think there was lots of reasons. I think attitude. Why? Why is there no kind of game management? Isn't it that why is someone like Sigurdsson who's who's playing quite narrow? Why you know you can't point the finger at Gomez because he is on his way back from injury, but he's still you know a player who's played for Barcelona and, and Tom Davis who has now must have racked up a fair few Premier League appearances. Why is no one just saying early doors, you know, I'm not saying go out and like two foot, two foot this I, kid, just, but stand on yeah, him and make I sure just, he knows he's in yeah, for the game. Can I just say it? something? Anybody who's, who's sat, probably you sat in the press box at Stamford Bridge, anybody who sat near that, you, you understand how close we are to the away dugout. So you get a really fairly um, unique vantage point of the manager and you get to see how you know a lot of what he does and, and hear him a little bit. Very, very early on on Sunday, Carlo was just pulling his hair out at how uh, standoffish we were, how little we were pressing. In the build up to the first goal, literally 20 seconds earlier, he'd had a go at yeah. players on this side, at the right hand side, for not putting pressure on the ball. There, was, there remained no pressure on the ball, and Chelsea just played through it. I just wonder whether. One of the things that Carlo has to rectify, and we spoke about it many times on the podcast, and it goes back to going away to these teams in the established top six and this wretched run that we've got. It's actually playing with a confidence and playing with, from the get-go, a belief and a way that, you know, we might not win, but we're going to be going to be proactive and going to be aggressive because we just stood off and we got picked apart. And that I've seen that game hundreds of times, it feels like, in that run. It's just that same performance, standoff, standoff, two, it's too late. And that, for me, felt a massive issue early on. And you could see, see it was so for the it was manager. Like the 5-0 at Stamford Bridge under Kuma when we went into the game six, didn't we? Yeah. A bit of optimism, we got like a good bit of a momentum, we got B5-0, didn't we? I think, didn't Carlo come, he called Tom Davis over at one stage, didn't yes. he, to the touchline? Yeah. To have words with him, I think, on, on, on Sunday, but... It was just that lack of positioning and lack of... It's got, to, it's got to sense danger in the centre of mid, haven't you? And they just didn't sense danger. I mean, that first... You can pick all goals apart, but that first one, which is crucial, Mason Mount was in, what, 10 yards of space in our penalty area? Well, like three of our players went, went to tomorrow two of their players and, and Tom sort of going over to, to cover. Well, he should be looking behind him, you know? And that, that was indicative of a really poor display. And you could... I mean, Mason was Mason had an off day, didn't yes, he? Yeah. You know, you know when you say like early on, I think William beat him for the sprint. And William's not the fastest in the parish, is he? In these days, you know, but quite easily. Out, yeah, yeah. Out spread him, running through, know, running yeah. through water, yeah. didn't yeah. he? When Mason he kinda... was Mason, and you're looking and thinking something wrong here. You know, Mason had a really poor game. He was involved, I say, involved in all four goals in, in some respect. You know, mm. but so, so 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 taking then everything we said, look look at it at a different angle. Because it, was, it felt like such, in terms of a performance and, and, and the commitment that 
Ancelotti questioned because it was such an anomaly in the in the type of attitude of performances that he has overseen. Is it just a bad day at the office? You occasionally get bad days at the office, but that's, that's the second, as I've said, under his watch. I mean, the other one was in the FA Cup tie as well. So, you know, when does it stop being a bad day at the office mm. and become a recurring theme? Um, I, I personally think that a number of those players will have alerted him, you know, sort of the potential for them to reproduce moments like that on, you know, four and five and six occasions during the course of a season. And uh, if you've got aspirations of being a team qualifying for Europe, you can't have those off days. And you certainly can't have them, you know, at the big six, which as we've spoken about previously, we have all the time. And that is a mentality issue. And if the players aren't capable of changing the mentality of going to the big six teams and being in your face and scrapping and fighting and, you know, so trying to grind out a draw for argument's sake, um, they need to be replaced. You need to bring in players of different, you know, mental capacities that can do that. Sam, um, appreciate that uh, the manager has had injuries and, and illness, etc., to deal with throughout his 10-11 league games, whatever it is now. But do you think, or do you get a sense that if everybody is fit, apart from a Gabamin, who's obviously, he hasn't seen yet, if everybody's fit who he has seen, do you think he knows his strongest 11? To be honest, now the, the feeling I get, especially after games like we've watched on Sunday, is just that I, I don't think he needs to know his strongest 11 at this point. I think it's just now that we've kind of, you know, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, about United and Arsenal and Chelsea, and we kind of said, didn't we, the key is to just not get beat and let other teams make ground on you. We didn't beat United and we've lost to Arsenal and Chelsea. So unless there's a there's a massive turnaround with some tough games like Spurs away, Liverpool at home, we're probably not going to get up and go on something of a career for themselves or everything. But I, I just generally can't see that certainly the, a, a few started against Chelsea and, and then a few more knocking around the squad being there at, at the start of next season if, if Carlo and Marcel have the wish. So I think at this moment in time, we're probably likely to see more changes, more ins and outs. And you've just got to hope that he'll have a, a, a squad that he is at least com- confident that can get the best team out of at the start of next season. Because right now, I think the season's just kind of came to a to a bit of an end. It, it was indicative, actually, of that, that Anthony Gordon came on with half an hour to go. Yeah. You know, you, you know, a young kid, you're throwing him on in a game that's going horribly wrong and we're 4-0 down. A bit but, like when Tom Davis came on in the 5-0. Exactly, yeah. But it's it's there to see if you can handle it. You know, so say, well, let, let's see you in a situation like this. And he, he did okay, he didn't know worse than anybody else. So, yeah, I think Sam's right. We are going to see more of that. We're going to see players introduced and players being given a little bit of... Uh, opportunities to showcase what they can and can't do. I mean, the worrying thing is he's seen most of them already and, um, you know, they've been up and down, lots of inconsistency. Where does he go from here, isn't it? Because I kind of thought the United game, again, was just kind of Ancelotti changing things up and maybe wanting to see what Michael Keane, for example, could could offer in in that defence. You know, hadn't played as much maybe as certainly Holgate and Amina a little bit as well. You know, but then to, to keep his place then, it's kind of like... Uh, I'm not quite sure now, did he did he keep his place on merit or did Ancelotti just think again, you know, I, w- I want to see more from him kind of thing. So there's a few interesting subplots until the end of the season to see how much kind of game time people are given and, and, and that might give us a clearer idea of who's in and who's not in kind of Carlo's inner circle or in, in his good yeah. books, isn't it? Because I think so far is <clears throat> he hasn't really had a, a consistent 
selection and, and, and there's other players like a Wobi and Bernard who've been in and out. So yeah, at the moment I just I just think it could be a I know we've said it for the last 10 years, but it could be a massive summer for Evan. Gav, I want to come to you on this because it's something you spoke about many times and, and the sentiment's absolutely correct from Sam. You know, you know, you would look at Sunday and say, look, whew, don't think X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. But as we know full well from the past two summers, it's very, very difficult to offload yeah. all of these players at once. And, you know, it's the impossible task, isn't it? Yeah. So is, is, is the onus... Actually, as well as well as Carlo being able to bring in a new centre half, a new central midfielder, right winger, etc., is the onus also on the manager? Look, I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to go and make X, Y, and Z better. Yeah, I think Roy Keane said this is the hardest job in management in the end. I think that that that's the type of thing Carlo maybe is not used to. Be you know, his great centre's been getting tunes. I was largely in his career, established players and. You know, and I'm having proper man management. Sam's right. I mean, I think if you said what what Carlo, what what is your best eleven? You'd probably say as well as only about four of them at the club. <laughs> to, mm. to be honest with you, um, you know, ideally you'd want you might you know, and you could name. Let's face, it, you could name names there, couldn't you? Holgate, Carver Lewin. Of which there's still doubts over Holgate. Holgate, Carver Lewin, Richarlison, Mina. Who I do think has got. You know, I mean, Dean, if he manages to pull himself out of the, the current, uh, mm. you know, sort of poor form. And I still, I still think Pifford as well, to be honest with you. you know, so you're talking maybe, you know, going back to like Sam's, maybe five or six players. Well, he said uh, that himself last week, didn't he? He said, we've got a spine. Yeah. You know. yeah. So you're then looking to then get a tune out of, you know, and getting motivating and, and getting the right balance for, it will be Gomez. I do worry about Bernard's future, to be honest with you. I do worry about Kareem's future. Yeah, the mood music for Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Is motivation the issue, though? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Are these, is that, is that, does that unlock better from these players if they're more motivated? If Carlo can use his absolute wealth of man management and whether it's a rollicking around yeah. on the shoulder. Is that is that the key or, or is oh. it is it just or is it coaching, drills, the expertise in a footballing sense rather than a um it's it blends you know. of everything, isn't it, really? I mean, it's it's that age old how do you motivate people on hundred grand a week? Mm. Just naturally. You know, that, mm. that 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 that's Carlo's being that's been his great yes. skill as as a manager. Um and so I think it's fact it does there was obviously analysis last night on Monday Night Football, wasn't it? About four four two and yeah. Carlo a little bit antiquated in his thinking. But then again, Carlo said last week that actually it's four four two. But you, you need players to play. Yeah. You need players who can play all types of systems, and it's whether you know does Carlo need to always go with four four two where your two wide men aren't really wide men? You know, would you play a diamond? Say, say this season, would you play? Four four two, hold a midfielder. Say Gomez and Davis, and then Sigerson at the tip of the diamond behind mm-hmm. two two forwards. You know, and does, what does, I'm saying there, Phil, is like it's a bit of everything. You know, tactics, motivation. You know, um, and get, getting that blend right. I think mm-hmm. is, is 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 
just interesting that you make that point, and I, you know, I'd be inclined to think that that's a very sensible suggestion for a change in formation. But when you said it, I immediately thought, Carlo said, because of the front two, he said a couple of weeks ago, crosses are so important for yeah, these yeah. two. Are we limiting ourselves by playing a narrow midfield four? You, you, more onus on your two wingers than to uh, the two full-backs to act as, as wingers then, isn't it? But and then that, and then that's... That, that's part that's of the problem with Sadibi, isn't it? Is that he, he spends half his time too far up the pitch and causes a problem. Or, or not having enough yeah. cover from somebody else because he's... he's yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you wouldn't do that against Liverpool because they'll just pile down the, mm. the flanks, won't they? But, you know, if you've got that same problem between now and the end of the season, then that was something... You could do. I mean, it's safe. Delford being fit on Saturday, on Sunday, that could have been an ideal setup, couldn't it? You're getting the best out of Sigurdsson. You've got three midfielders to block out their three because they're not going to hit you that much down the flanks. They're going to play through, yeah. Mm. And I just thought, I just thought that maybe does Carlo need to be a little bit more flexible tactically rather than I'm going to do three line, you know, three lines. I mean, midfield four, I'm just going to stick anybody in there. Which is effectively what's happened at the moment. Yeah. Because he's had the Wobby, going back to the point, the Wobby, Sigurdsson, Bernard, Walkers have all played wide. I think it's Tom maybe played wide at some point. Possibly, maybe. Yeah, yeah, City started yeah, I think with Bernard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how many of them are natural, apart from Walcott? Mm. Natural. Bernard will always come inside, won't he? All right then, Fred, I'll move it all. I'll kick it on to you then. It's- Playing devil's advocate, you're Carlo Ancelotti, and you believe four four two certainly defensively is the way forward, and of course it 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 it, it morphs into something slightly different attacking. But four four two, that's the way he's had success largely, other than Real Madrid. That's the way we're going to play at Everton. So the players who are currently here will play in that system, and then we will keep playing in the system. And then the summer, I will bring in two or three players that he mentioned playing that system. So I'm not going to mould the system around the players now because yeah. I don't believe X, Y, and Z are going to be good enough or they have to be good enough because this is the way forward. Because there aren't players good enough, like at Real Madrid, where he changed the system to suit Cristiano Ronaldo, etc. So is it 4-4-2 is the way and we will keep doing it and keep doing it? I think he's clearly decided that that is the case and he wants to give those players the opportunity to see if they can fit into that system and can mould into it. And clearly they can't. I mean, if you're looking at short-term results, uh, you would do what Gav said there. You yeah. would actually pick the personnel. Sorry, make the system fit the personnel that you've got. Guilfrey Sigurdsson's never going to be a central midfielder as long as he's got a hole in his backside. You know, so he's, you know, he's, he's, being, he's being given the opportunity to see if he can play in that role. And clearly he's showed that he can't. You know, so he's a number 10. Uh, he's not even a you know a decent left-sided midfielder at the moment. He's a number ten, yeah. and uh, you know the manager's saying, "Okay, here's your opportunity, you know, to see if you can fit into the system." And he's proved he can't. Um, likewise, um, other players have showed they can't fit into it, which is why I think we'll see you know some significant changes in the transfer markets in the summer because you know he's made it clear that four four two is his preferred way of playing. He's not going to mould the players around him, you know, sort of fit in a different system. Show me you can do it. Show me you can play in it. Uh, and at the moment, they're not doing it consistently enough. So I think we will see, you know, sort of other players brought in. I'm just trying to think of anybody that has actually, you know, sort of sparkled at the moment, you know, in that system. I mean, Andre Gomez will, you know, because, you know, he's still on his way back. And we knew that there was going to be a little dip in his form once that initial adrenaline rush, you know, sort of has gone. Didn't think it'd be quite as quickly, you know, as, as the weekend. But, you know, he's forgiven uh, for that reason, but you know, certainly across the midfield, nobody else has really you know sort of jumped out there. No, no, I think Bernard has. When we 
being on the front foot at home where he's come in from Maybe. the left yeah. and, and played, you know, moved in and played the, the phrase between the lines. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think, he, you know, we said that a few times that he's played well, but Bernard's problem is one of durability, as we mentioned last and Friday. And the wrong type and, of game. And, and, and the wrong type of game, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, but he, he, he has he has sort of um, been effective there. But so, yeah, going back to the point is, no, no Gabamon, no Schneiderlin, no Delph. Three, three defensive midfielders, and that contributes, you know, to poor performances elsewhere. Gabamon's yeah. absence has made him a better player, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the Jordan Do- Henderson of Everton, isn't mm. he? Like, you know, but... Um, what's, what's our hunch? I, I appreciate it's a very difficult question because we've seen him for next next to no half, time. Yeah. yeah. Do we think he's he is the type of midfielder, you know, based on Ancelotti saying we want energy and... You know, physically he looks. You know, he looks like he he, he could cope with the Premier League. Do you think he's going to fit in? Oh gosh, a, a bit of a, a bit of energy in the midfield would be very welcome, wouldn't it? Mm, really? yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean the, the, yeah, the yeah, brief, yeah. the fleeting yeah. moments we've seen him. He's got presence. I mean, he struggled. You know, when he was tossed on a Crystal Palace, but you know, he wasn't expecting to you know, appear as quickly as that. He improved significantly in the next game, but then we didn't see him after mm. that. So we don't know. It's a simple answer. Um, you know, I'm not so sure he is the kind of midfielder that has intensity and energy. He looks like, you know, more of a, a, a presence. that yeah. you know, a bit of a Fellaini kind of vibe yeah. to him, hasn't yeah. he? Just kind of yeah. a little bit languid, but still kind of like, in, you know, in that kind of Fellaini way of just getting himself around the field and, and breaking Well, Fellaini up, regu- get, getting around the field's maybe the issue, well, though, isn't it? Fellaini yeah. regularly posted the highest kilometres covered yeah. per match, you know, so he, he was deceptive, Fellaini. Uh, he covered an awful lot more ground than people, and, you know, so yeah. accepted. Um, and if Gabamon could do that, great. You know, yeah. But but yeah. we don't know yet. <laughs> huge underrated player, Fellaini. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's oh, a separate, separate that, yeah. the, the, the only problem I have with Gabamon, no, no, not the problem with Gabamon, is <laughs> the, the Gabamon-Gomez middle two and a 4-4-2. Because Gabamon is like Gomez, you're not going to get many assists or goals out of some per season. However, well, Andre passes the ball and stuff like that in terms of hitting the hitting the opposition. You know, neither of them are going to hit the opposition that much. You can get away with that you know, if you've yeah. got wide by players. players who can who yeah. can score, yeah. and that, that's what he said, hasn't mm. he? You know, that's why this, this right winger. winger. I mean, yeah. we need we need the left footer because mm. we have more left footer players in the, on the pitch. You know, um, and I think. Um, you know, if he can get like a lot more goals from the two wide players at the at the Moyar at the moment, then we can probably get away with that. Mm. Um but it's it's finding them, isn't it? You know, because Bernard's a couple of goals a season guy, will be a couple of goals a season guy. Sigurdsson's not gonna score there as long as he's got a Penno <laughs> says, you know. Um, so the hard to identify in European you, football. Yeah. Think how much Arsenal paid for Pepe, and you know we were linked with him. Yeah, and, yeah. Know, it never happened, and I think he's got about three or four this season. Yeah, he? You know, but, he's been. Bear in mind, that transfer budget is limited. Yeah, probably yeah. It, it's going to be a real difficult thing to to do. So it's it's a big challenge. You know, going back to Sam's point is it's. It's a lot, a lot annual, of work big to be done there, isn't it? It's just know? more frustrating, isn't it, that last season you thought we kind of had that base of, you know, Sigurdsson got, you know, roughly 15, Richardson roughly 15, so then you think, you know, Simon Moise Keane, if Calvert-Lewin could fire the way he has done, you just needed one more person to kind of score those goals, but obviously Sigurdsson's fell off dramatically and, and Keane hasn't quite had 
that consistent run the team. But, you know, it could. I know what you're saying, I, but it, it could. Yeah. It could I, still all yeah, come I, together. I, I do agree because I think that if you you're right, you're taking a, a very um, basic overview. But you know, the better teams, of course, and naturally makes sense. Don't rely on two players to score their goals. They have three, yeah. four players who, as Sam says, are chipping yeah. in with ten to fifteen, sixteen, seventeen goals a season. This season we've got Richardson, Calvert Lewin. We don't have Sigurdsson. And that's why that right winger for me, as much as we've got problems yeah. in midfield and defence, that's a game changer. Do, 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 do you still think there's this option that they might end up playing with Richardson wise, right? Possibly. I don't think so. Yeah. What do you mean give Moise Keane a more if, if, prominent role if, next if season? If they're being held to a King's ransom to to buy in a you know buying a right wing and it's difficult because Carlo has Carlo has said he prefers him up front, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's proved he can play that role. You know, he's such a good player. But yeah, that depends an awful lot on Moise Keane's developments. And you know, at the moment he doesn't appear if, to be developing if, if as quickly as we And we I think we mentioned this in the podcast afterwards. And we were talking about the Newcastle game, we played really well. And yes. we were saying that's the first time you play for us that you could see why there was a little bit of a fuss over him in 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 in, in Italy last season and stuff. And he plays really well, scored, bit of confidence, really powerful on the night. Was probably our best player. Yeah, and he's been given very limited game time since. I think. Well, if you um, read Royal yeah. Blue on Saturday morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have seen that ahead of ahead of Sunday's yeah. game. In the games he's played in the league under Ancelotti, and the league games he played under Silva, his average game time was exactly the, the same. same. Yeah, I was going to make the point having that Roy Blue with what I was going to say uh, on Saturday. You know. <laughs> Um, is, is considering you've got a carefully managed younger players, is that would that would they not be too happy with that? I I think from from what Carlo said, and he, he mentioned something to Sky ahead of the ahead of the United game. He said he's been unfortunate because Richarlison, Calvert Lewin have been in okay. such great form, and I think while Europa League is still a possibility. And I appreciate after Sunday's result, it's become less of a possibility. Yeah. I don't see him starting Moyes okay. Keane. That's just my reading yeah, of the situation. Yeah. And that's it's, not it makes as a difficult. Lot of sense. It's it difficult sense. on the lad, but but I think there's been times where he could have had a bit more game time. Mm. And um I was a bit disappointed in that. Not not the blue the royal blue column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was just an intestine. But it's not happened for him since then, you know. Mm. But maybe if, if 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 there comes a point in the next couple of weeks and results don't go our way, I Carlo just... Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and final part of uh, today's pod. Um, he has been mentioned already, but uh, in an interview with RMC in France last night, Sidibe making it clearer again that he would like to stay um, <laughs> beyond the end of his loan. Um, yeah. Of course, says he, he awaits a decision from the football club, but says that the, the coach has faith in him and likes him. Um, look, asking these sort of questions after a performance that he delivered on Sunday is always going to skew opinion. Yeah. But, you know, we try and take things, the fo- the wider picture here on this podcast. What, what, if we had to make a decision today, what, what would we do? That made up my mind. No. Um, he's decent quality going forward, but not good enough defensively. And, you know, if we're looking to progress as a football club, you know, so we need better than that. Um, it sounds like a harsh assessment and clearly, you know, I, I'm coloured by what I witnessed at the weekend, which, you know, a lot of people didn't perform, but he was comfortably the worst. And that happens, you know, you have like, yeah. you know, so absolute nightmare days. 
but I haven't seen sufficiently consistently good performances, you know, throughout his tenure to suggest that, yeah, okay, that was just a one-off. We can, you know, indulge him in that one. Um, quality of delivery into the box has been decent generally, but not, you know, so, oh my God, Grace, you know, not Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, so good. So, you know, we need we need better than that, I'm afraid. Um, it, it's been okay. You know, I can't think of anything that would change my mind and think that, yeah, you know, so maybe I'm being a bit harsh there. No, I just, I've made my mind up already. Sam? Yeah, probably with Preno that I think he, I thought he looked a little bit shaky the first time I ever seen him play against Lincoln and then there was a bit of an upturn, wasn't there? And he chipped in with a couple of assists, but there's not been anything to say that for, you know, I know £12 million in football these days is not a lot of money for for someone who's won the World Cup, but, you know, I, I even don't think that, you know, if you send Sadibi back and you get Kenny back, I don't think you losing, you know, for for what Kenny offers defensively, maybe lacks going forwards, probably just even out around the same, don't they? But I just think for where we want to go and for what Ancelotti wants to do, I, I just cannot see Carlo Ancelotti with his three Champions League kind of saying to Marcel Brands, yeah, this summer I think he's someone that I can build a defence with him at right back. And, you know, he seems like a nice guy and he, he's going to do a job before the end of the season. But, you know, it, I think it's thingy that already I'm starting to think, bloody hell him up against Salah or Mane and on, on Monday will be interesting. You know, I don't, I don't think his positioning's very good. Uh, you know, sometimes he he can look very flat-footed. He's been caught out, you know, at Arsenal. I still think he was a fault as well. Although Michael Keane should have done better for that Pedro goal. So, yeah, I, to be honest, as you said, Phil, it's, it's difficult to say after a game like that, isn't it? But I don't think many Everton fans would want to see him. Gav... You know, Sam's right in many ways in yeah. saying, you know, 12, 13 million quid isn't a lot of money for a World Cup winner, but it's a lot of money for us. Yeah. Even even in this new era we find ourselves in because Absolutely. of Absolutely. Premier League profit and sustainability, etc. Because there's almost a little bit of an unknown about Kenny. He's out in Germany playing, doing well from all accounts. Struggles a bit recently, I think, hasn't he? Like Schalke could have struggled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm What I'm getting at is maybe. Is it, you know, we maybe can't be too choosy at right back because it, it feels to me there are priorities elsewhere to spend well, money on. We've spoken about that, haven't we? And if Sidibe come in and plays really well, we say, yeah, okay, might be worth it. But uh, I agree. I agree with the lads. That, I mean, he did provide one moment of quality on Sunday, which is the through ball for, for Walcott, mm. where he got behind the defence. But somehow setting the tone, he set the tone for our performance. He might give the ball away, I think, twice in the opening five. with you know, yeah. stupid passes to the opposition and you are right to his regard as well whether you think he's uh, good enough or not 12 or 30 million for, for, for in a position where we've potentially got two decent-ish players next year um, would seem to be a bit of a luxury for us um, so, so summed you- up by Dean isn't it you know we, we need to re- well get someone younger than Baines and, and, and we we done that with good quality didn't we but I don't think signing Sadibi would even at his age be an, an upgrade on Coleman? So no. you know, we're looking for a that's, dean level at right. That's only what this entire conversation is doing is underlining the quality of David Moyes' recruitment uh, at the football club. I mean, he got a few wrong, but you know, so largely got good value for money. You know, players who had yeah. character, yeah. Um, and you know, we, we need to try and revive that level of recruitment again. I yeah. don't think Sadibi's issues is temperament. I just think it's his 
defensive quality. Lack of tactical yeah. awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of socks as well on occasion. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think there's actually, yeah. are you saying, Gav, you think we would be in a better better off position at right back? I'm not saying yeah. the answer, but a better off position by saying to Sadibi, thanks very much for sending you back, bringing John Joe back and having a season, another season to take stock with Coleman and Kenny as our two I, options. I think we'd have a better um, not necessarily, but I think we'd have a better position as a squad by not having Sadibi bringing John Joe Kelly. John Joe Kelly is a new, new Irish fullback in. John <laughs> Joe Kelly in and freeing up 13 million quid to, to develop the squad elsewhere where it's probably needed a bit more. I think that's. Or but, do you send Sadibi back, sell Kenny because there will be people who want him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bring another. And, tr- and try and find. Well, but if it goes back to the. the, the is the is right back that the area is. But, if, you're free, but if you're freeing up, if you're freeing up, the, it's maths then, isn't it? If you're you freeing know, up if, the money that perhaps yeah. wasn't necessarily guaranteed, you know, on the budget, and instead of Carla, right, this is what you've definitely got. But then, say we go right, we're going to send Sidibe back. No money on him now. Kenny comes back, but we're going to sell him. Right, you've suddenly got yeah. thirteen million quid and, to go and, and spend yeah, on a right back. I'm just thinking back to didn't Brand say we look forward to having John Joe back? At well, he did, next, but that could be. He did, but I don't think, from what I can understand, yeah. that a decision has been made. No, that could be. But hi, John Joe, welcome back. Oh, by the way, we want to yeah. transfer <laughs> you to uh, you know Cologne or somewhere like mm. that. You know, yeah, it could, you, you could say get money for Kenny. Don't want to sell Kenny, but. So about to get money and invest some of that in the fullback and some of it in the squad elsewhere. I mean, neither Kenny or Coleman, I think, are the, the, the answer for us at right back. But in terms of a season where we can probably get away with both there, whilst attending to, you know, firefighting other issues elsewhere in the squad, which are, well, right winger, maybe centre mid, centre back. Uh, you know? Look, and I appreciate yeah. football's, football's not a charity, but does Kenny, has he earned the right to having been out alone in Germany, does, has he earned that right to come back and show if he's good enough rather than the club yeah. making the decision? That's a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Both, it's not a charity, it's a business, isn't it? And that's mm. how club, clubs operate. Developing young talents, selling at profits, because it's all profits, isn't it, for academy players. Uh, being an system on that. Um I'd rather, I'd rather be have to ma- maximise the amount of money we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, for uh, really kicked while we're down. Uh, Martin Atkinson's the ref on Monday. Oh, it feels like he refs every derby. I, 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 I heard that <laughs> literally just before I popped out at lunchtime. And uh, it just gave me this sinking feeling. I mean, obviously, we all remember the Jack Rodwell derby so acutely. But he was also in charge of the semi-final against Man City when Sterling took the mm. ball out and crossed him. Yeah. And Phil Jagielka took him to task over it. And rather than just, you know, ignore him or accept the fact that he'd got one wrong, he started uh, having a, an argument on the pitch with Phil Jagielka. What did he describe him as afterwards as being this really, you know... Arrogant. Uh, mm. Arrogant yeah. attitude, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it filled me with dismay. I know he's got issues with Liverpool as well. He's just not a very good referee, full stop. Um, wasn't he in the, the VAR uh, box at the weekend? When I heard that, I thought, oh dear, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. Fortunately, it made no difference whatsoever. There's so many referees we could say that about, to be honest, uh, you know, the, you know, have had issues. But yeah, he's one that does have significant history with Everson and significant history in this fixture. So yeah, that, that concerns me. Any, any, any more on that, lads? <laughs> not much can say. Is, I mean, how does someone get seven Merseyside derbies in a... In a referee chair, I think that's quite, quite bizarre. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think to win on Monday, we're going to need a bit of luck, aren't we? And already, it just kind of feels like you're probably not going to get much off him. And I, I don't think he's going to get a very good reception either. So, although I suppose we should balance that out by saying we've probably got bigger issues on Monday than uh, the, the referee. referee. Just about, yeah. We, we spoke about some months on last pod, didn't we? About he was the ref who stopped Jackie Oka going through against Man United, didn't he? Is that right? I've yeah, forgotten I about was, that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that incurred Moises. Wrath, of course, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, was that a Graham Paul? I've decided it's time. Moment, no. it? uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah. could have another half oh. hour on this, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Keep the cameras on, you know. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Okay, we will wrap it up there, and we will reconvene later in the week to properly preview um, the derby Monday night, of course, at Goodison. Um, what should be a very, very interesting game. Um, but thank you very much for listening, chaps. Thank you very much for your company and uh, opinion and insight. Excellent, as always. So thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.